0: It was the strongest tornado to hit Ontario in over 15 years. It damaged roughly 100 houses and 25 other buildings, leaving a damage bill of about $130 million. It also claimed one life and affected the lives of an entire community, effects that linger 10 years later. On August 21, 2011, an isolated supercell thunderstorm that formed and gained strength over Lake Huron came ashore in Godrich as an F3 tornado. It made a direct hit on the town square, where just hours before, hundreds of people had gathered for a festival. Luckily, a preceding rainstorm cleared the square of people. And while the damage was significant, so too was the reaction from the community. The resilience shown by the community was remarkable. In this episode of the 519 Podcast, we take a look back at that fateful day in Godrich, what has happened since, and how the community is doing now. This episode is hosted by Haley Chang. Midwestern Ontario's most trusted source for news. This is CKNX AM 920. Good evening, I'm Avery Moore. Here's what you need to know. What could be a tornado ripped through Godridge just after 4 o'clock this afternoon? CKNX's general manager,
1: John Weiss, was there.
2: It is an absolute war zone uh, in Godridge. I am standing uh, in the square. And I am looking at tops of century-old buildings that are absolutely demolished. I'm looking at giant trees that have been uprooted. There's a uh, stream of sirens from emergency departments There are emergency vehicles. There's uh, ambulance. There's fire. There's police. There's uh, cars overturned. It is just an absolute mess here in Godridge. Uh, entire tops of churches have been taken off. And... People are running around, people looking for their pets. Uh, it's just absolutely devastating.
1: August 21st, 2011, is the day that the people of Goderich will never forget. But to clearly understand what happened that day, it's important to know just how dangerous the storm was. David Phillips is a senior climatologist with Environment Canada.
3: It was um, a big tornado. It was about, I would say, uh, at one point, about a half a kilometer or more in width, traveled about 20 kilometers, uh, and but had powerful winds that uh, of 250 plus kilometers per hour. I mean, who knows what the winds were? I mean, no no wind sensor would survive that kind of a of a blow. But we could tell by the damage done to these well structured buildings, arenas, factories. I mean, this wasn't just a little bit of a. Of a, of a zephyr or a blow, this is a mighty blast that um, that that really just devastated in, in a cruel way um, the, the town.
1: Herb Marshall is the owner of Park House Grill and Restaurant at the top of Harbor Hill, overlooking Lake Huron. He and his wife Sherry came face to face with the twister.
2: We have an apartment on the third floor of the restaurant, and as I said, the the building lo- overlooks Lake Huron, and. It's not unusual for, uh, in the horizon, since the weather comes from the west most of the time, uh, to see a bank of clouds. On this particular day, it was uh, very busy. We had people on our outdoor patio. We had some motorcycle tourists uh, from London. As Sherry and I were looking out over the lake, wondering what the weather is going to do that evening to determine just how we should staff the restaurant that night, we we saw this coming, and initially we thought it was the mist with the the change of weather. I would say probably we stood there for about uh, no more than two to three minutes when all of a sudden this mist turned out to be a uh, torrential rain that started since our lookout was facing west out towards the lake. It uh, came right against the um, plate glass windows we have, and I quickly asked Sherry, I said, let's, let's get, get out of here and go into a walled space that had no windows. And then virtually all hell broke loose. I was quoted to having said that I saw a commercial dumpster uh, fly overhead. <laughs> I still believe I did. As we took cover on the third floor, we looked out a northwest window uh, and saw all the century-old elms and oaks in Harbor Park, beautiful, beautiful park that we have, snap off like uh, matchsticks, the uh, motorcycles on the uh, visitors uh, from London, drifted across the uh, parking lot like tumbleweed and then the trees all came down within seconds uh, and i I should say that our servers quickly put everybody or led them into the basement so by the time we got down to the first floor a couple things were noticeable one the sun came out as if nothing ever happened my customers came out of the basement. The power was obviously off. Uh, their bikes were had blown probably 100 yards uh, to the east. There were trees down in the parking lot. And since the power was off, it just seemed like a good time to open up uh, one of our refrigerators and pull out a a beer for everybody.
1: After settling the nerves with a little help from Herb and his fully stocked fridge, they began the long and arduous task of cleaning up.
2: And we basically sat there uh, trying to understand what happened. The interesting thing about this community is it's very, very close. Uh, We're all very grateful to live here. And very quickly, we had people coming to visit us to make sure that the building was uh, still standing, because it was in the path. And the what I believe happened was that the tornado hit the uh, since we're up top, it hit the base of the an escarpment of some sort and bounced up. It uh, took part of our roof. It took two windows, but it basically didn't do its damage until after it started to. It bounced up, and then it went over the the tops of the all of the um, houses behind us. The the street um, to the east of us. It took every roof, uh, and then it sat down and took everything in its path. What I remember most about the whole event was the incredible response by uh, people in the town to uh, go around and check on everybody. Uh, The next day, there were uh, tractors and hay wagons with people with chainsaws uh, helping to clear debris. I guess it was pretty traumatic, but... uh, uh, it was an event that brought a whole lot of good things to, uh, to mind, too.
1: Goderich's current mayor, John Grace, was the deputy mayor at the time of the tornado, and he played a critical role as the chair of the Rebuild Committee.
4: It's really two phases of, of, of this, this disaster. One, get your community safe, get your people safe, and try to bring normalcy to the community and then start putting a plan in place to start to rebuild, to reimagine how we build our downtown, how we build our retail, our merchants uh, community back again. The immediate recovery of our community uh, was really built on emotion, adrenaline, leadership, empathy for one another and and shock and pulling together as a community. After the response, Mayor Schufeld, with his leadership look, he said, we need to move on, we need to rebuild and we need to rebuild now. Yeah, I can say that uh, it was uh, absolutely remarkable how not only our first responders uh, came together, but first responders across the county and across the region um, came to Godrich focused and determined uh, to help out and secure the community. You have to remember that we lost power, we lost communication, we lost natural gas and The downtown was absolutely devastated and street after street uh, homes were blown over by this F3 tornado. A lot of damage done to the industrial base at the mine and also at uh, Volvo motor graders uh, building. So it was significant. And if I can remember correctly, um, we had fire and EMS and OPP from across the region. And I believe the OPP brought in about 70 officers to help secure the community. And especially in the downtown area where all the stores uh, windows were broken out of or demolished by the storm. There was significant damage beyond imagination. Cars rolled over, no trees left in the downtown. Everything turned upside down and destroyed.
1: With so much damage done to the downtown area, cleanup was not going to be easy. The Chief Administrative Officer, Larry McCabe, shares some of the struggles that everyone experienced.
5: Well, I'd like to say it took six months to clean everything up and, and to get on with it, but that's about what it was for the cleanup. Uh, a lot of that six or seven months period was talking about how they would rebuild uh, where the funds would come from. Um, and the the actual rebuild uh, probably took about five years. Uh, there were buildings and properties that sat vacant while they were uh, considering rebuilding. Well, it's all teamwork. it's it's you're not in it alone. I think you have to recognize that. you do have a role. Um, each individual member has a role within that uh, group. Um, they continually keep council involved.
1: Steve Saberin was a news editor at CKNX News in Wingham at the time. He remembers how amazed he was arriving at the town square hours after the tornado had hit and seeing the whole community having already established support networks for those affected.
6: People would stay with family, with friends. They did open up, um, you know, the nice Columbus Hall it was open for some time to allow people to stay, trying to work with hotels or places where people could go. And the, uh, when you're the downtown gober which had a lot of rental apartments above the stores, I mean, those, yeah, those were, you know, big losses. And then you get into the situations where there are stories of houses that looked okay, but they were actually shifted off their foundations and not safe to live in, but you wouldn't know it. You'd walk into the house and everything would look okay. But, An inspector would come in and say, no, like, look at this. This foundation shifted. This is not safe. And, um, you know, some people had to rebuild from from the ground up because of, uh, of that situation.
1: In the wake of the twister, it was clear that the damage was extensive. Some people lost their homes while business owners were faced with not just cleaning up, but also the lost income that would result from having to stay closed while debris was being cleared and buildings were being inspected to make sure they were safe. And that was the story for Herb and Sherry.
2: You're a restaurant, so that means you're basically shut down for a period that you're not sure how long that's going to be. Well, within two weeks, things uh, started to come back to some uh, a normal way. The um, power uh, came on, I suppose, within maybe it could have been 48 hours or so. I've lost touch with that. And, you know, you end up throwing. Uh, I'm sure we discarded about $8,000 worth of, um, of food that uh, had recently been delivered to the restaurant. But, uh, you know, other than that, uh, it's just one of those events that. You just sort of accept the reality of it and don't expect to be, um, uh, you know, up and running right away. It's, there's just a lot of cleanup to do. We had people uh, driving up and down the streets, again, like with wagons, clearing debris. Uh, the town itself, you know, they had heavy equipment. They had to worry about the the uh public parts of the town at all the parks that needed to be fixed but if they came by uh your property with a backhoe and a, like they were very very quick to um, help lift um, parts of trees um, onto the wagons and and help to haul stuff away. So, the aftermath of the whole thing is uh, a special feeling that you have when a community shares in experience like that and survives it. albeit, uh, unfortunately for one uh, human being, uh, regrettably. It is a camaraderie that is recognized in a sense a community that is reinforced. So the outcome, no matter what the tragic loss was of life or property that may not have been insured, uh, there was a a community spirit there that got uh, further developed and uh, Goddard is very fortunate that way.
1: There is a science to predicting when tornadoes might hit. Meteorologists look at radar pictures and when they see something they call a hook echo of a supercell, that's a good sign that a twister is possible. David Phillips says the supercell that spawned the Goddard tornado had that hook echo, and that gave forecasters the ability to give residents more than 10 minutes of warning that a tornado was approaching.
3: I think in, in the Lake um, huron uh, Godridge area, we were lucky in the sense that it formed over the lake. Um, it just wasn't a waterspout. It had some mightiness to it and came ashore. But we could see it there, and we had the instruments like Doppler radar to see the rotation. I mean, it's probably one of our greatest success stories. We had uh, it had been a, uh, uh, severe thunderstorm warnings were out for for a good part of the afternoon. At three forty-five, we our our radar could see some rotation in the cloud. We issued a tornado warning for the Godreach area. And 15 minutes later, um, it hit. I mean, what can you do in 15 minutes? I mean, I suppose if you heard the forecast and you could drive your car into a garage, that could be a blow into smithereens.
1: Had the tornado hit a few hours earlier, the results might have been catastrophic.
3: I mean,
6: they had a a weekend market uh, in the morning, early afternoon. And by the time the tornado had hit, everybody had cleared out. I mean, if there were were people and, and... visitors in that square who knows what what are the stories uh would have been i mean there was one fatality and that was uh on the Sifto property a, a worker got caught uh, uh in the crane there and uh
5: that was um it was definitely emotional this uh, tornado hit at around four o'clock on a sunday um i often think and i think i, I we discussed it with others you know, the, the day before, at exactly the same time, uh, there was a church wedding in the church that was completely destroyed. Uh, there was a wedding uh, at the other end of town with, and I, you know, the numbers of people you get into the hundreds of people. The people in the buildings that we see were destroyed would have had employees in, would have had um, a considerably different situation, and that that was 24 hours to almost to the minute of four o'clock that. If this had have happened another time, I, I guess you have to look back and say, boy, it, it could have been much worse with regards to loss of life. The damage to the buildings would have been the same, obviously, but um, and one death was one too many.
1: Since the Goddard tornado of 2011, Ontario has seen dozens of twisters. Some have been weak and caused little to no damage, while others have been considerably stronger, like the F2 twister that hit Barry a few weeks ago. And it leads many to wonder, are we likely to see more tornadoes in the future, and will they be stronger? David Phillips says it's hard to say.
3: Well, there's very strong evidence to suggest that climate change uh, increases the likelihood of, of extreme weather, um, such as heat events and floods and forest fires and drought and, and some storms it's easy to see because that's the fuel that drives these kind of uh, features, these uh, uh, extreme weather events. But with tornadoes, it's not so clear. The jury is still kind of out on that because, yes, you do get the warm, moist, um unstable atmosphere? Hey, that's one ingredient that you need to to create uh, uh, tornadoes. But then I ask a question if if it's heat and humidity. Why are there no tornadoes in the tropics? Well, simple reason: there's other things that have to come together to produce these mighty storms. So my sense is, even though we may see uh, not as many tornadoes as we might think in the future, I think the destruction and the and the the injury of it, because see, the point is, you'll never, even in a hundred years from now, you'll never be able to say which of those clouds is going to rotate um, hours before? So you're not going to give people two hours warning. At best, you might give them, like we had in Godridge, 15 minutes of warning.
1: It's crazy to think that 10 to 15 minutes of warning before a tornado hits is the best we can do and might be the best we'll ever be able to do. And the fact is, without that previous rainstorm having cleared out the Market Square before the tornado had hit, the number of casualties could have been significantly higher. And 10 years later, if you walk through downtown Godrich, you'd hardly know there had been a devastating tornado there. But Mayor Grace says that the stormy day in August of 2011 is a day that will never be forgotten.
4: Isn't really a time to celebrate or anything like that. But it is a time to be reflective and uh, look back and acknowledge that F3 tornado is part of our history. And as a community, we'll acknowledge that. But we won't look back. We're only going to look forward. And we need to be respectful and acknowledge uh, those people that brought us through it. but it's not really a thing to celebrate. It's a thing to reflect, remember, acknowledge, and move on. And moving on, we are.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the 519 Podcast. It was produced by Haley Chang, Jessica Stokes, Patrick Magermans, and Craig Needles. Remember, you can subscribe for free at Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen at blackburnnews.com. The 519 Podcast is a presentation of Blackburn Media.